podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And, as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, man? Uh, you know, besides fighting off the forces of pizza propaganda uh, on Twitter uh, this this past week, I, I'm doing okay besides that. Yeah. So, was that, was that stemming from what happened on the podcast last week? Yeah, when I didn't just, you know, just give in to big pizza which you know, <laughs> does and and you know and i didn't i didn't bow down to the pizza god so you know. i mean it, it's a weird take though <laughs> it is it's not it's not normal i would say but it's not a normal take but i i, I didn't really get into the concept of pizza look i like the taste of pizza the concept of pizza grosses me out and i didn't want to get into that wait because... wait no we're getting into it right now though go just okay real quick uh um because I know this is what people tune in for, pizza talk. Of course. Uh, well, when I think about what a pizza is, it is disgusting, greasy, cheesy, you know, cheese slapped on top of tomato sauce and with some toppings on it. And that grosses me out. G- greasy stuff grosses me out beyond everything. What's the What's the reason? Um, I mean, I, I, I can kind of understand. I mean, like if I go like, okay. A good like like Five Guys, for instance, is kind of over the top for me. Yeah, like the over the top greasiness, I, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Yeah. Are you so you're you're a you're a you're a napkin dabber on your pizza? I'm a I'm a dabber, and, and and you know what? I've met I've met many uh, anti dabites uh, in my have you have you? Yeah, people who will, I saw their Facebook page before. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah. So people who will look at me dabbing, at, you know, look at me while I dab the pizza and be like. What like basically like what the pizza is not good enough for you, and the the answer is that's correct. The pizza is not good enough for me. I would like to make it less greasy so that I, it doesn't take eighteen months off my life. Does your does your wife like pizza? She does, and and she doesn't she doesn't care for the dabbing. Does uh does your son like pizza? Um, oh yeah. And we're not we're not we're not talking about the dance either. We're not right. No no, I'm not dabbing. I'm not gonna. Dab we're talking right about now. we're talking about the traditional dad dabbing. Right, dad dabbing, which is I take a napkin and I remove the grease from the pizza. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, no, my son eats it like it like it's his last meal every time he sees pizza. So right, that's because he's a kid. Like every, I mean, like clearly, I mean, ho- hopefully he doesn't grow up to be like daddy in, in that sense. Well, yeah, and and you know he has a kid's metabolism. If I ate three pieces of greasy pizza right now, I would gain eleven pounds. Right. Yeah, I totally hear you. <laughs> so. Totally hear you. Totally hear you. Uh, so segue, uh, Andrew Luck got a new contract. Hey, that was an easy segue. <laughs> that was really, really an easy segue right there. Yeah. Um, Andrew Luck got a new contract and that was kind of interesting. Oof. Only, only, only because like, it's just incredible to me what happens when someone brings up Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's incredible. There, there's this, there, there are these people who I, I think, I think it's, it's the people who want to experience greatness uh, and they want, but, but at the same time, they're the same people that, that say Michael Jordan's way better than LeBron James. Yeah. So I think that it's, I think that it's, 
I look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about race, but I, like, I, I think that it's, it's partially, um, I, I, you know, it's the likability in general of, of Andrew Luck, which I think he's a fairly likable guy. Like, right. I mean, he's, but he's a nothing, like he's a nothing. He's a nobody as far as personality. But people love, people love that shit, man. Yeah. Right. They I mean, it. you can, he can be whatever you want him to be, you know? And, and exactly. Right. Right. And right, that, right. that's the, that's the key. Like Cam Newton can't, can't be whatever you want him to be. Like he is who he is. And, and if you don't like it, you probably hate it. And if you like it, you mm-hmm. love it. So yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So you, you, you take that. So there's, I think because of that, you get people who will back Andrew Luck no matter what. And today when that contract came out, look, I've been, I mean, we've both been pretty open about the fact that, you know, we just don't think Andrew Luck's as good as what people think that he is. I think the best comp that you can possibly give Andrew Luck in terms of what his ceiling is in the NFL is Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. In terms in terms of what a reasonable, great career that he could have is Brett Favre. I'm not, you know, he's... He's a gunslinger. He turns the ball over, and that just—that's—that's that's not going to just be turned off and shut off next season. Like it's just—that's his mentality. That's why he's good, and that's why he can make comebacks against Kansas City in the playoffs. That's why he can right. do those things. And so uh, the problem with that is interceptions matter, guys. Like, like you know, I—I'm—I'm I'm not saying that I'm coming from the school of Alex Smith, but. You know, inter- interceptions are a big deal, and I, I think that we've be- become accustomed to thinking that interceptions uh, aren't nearly as valuable or, or invaluable in the same way that touchdowns are valuable, mm. right, because of fantasy football. But really, you know, I, that, that's where I think, like, the net expected points model is really, really effective in, in kind of looking at your understanding of how these plays can really impact games. Because, look, if Andrew, if it's, if it's a third and seven and Andrew Luck throws an interception and they're on the 30-yard line, that that's a huge inter- or if it's first and ten, let's say mm-hmm. on on their opponent's thirty yard line, he throws an interception. That's a much bigger interception than if it's third and fifteen on their own fifteen, right? Where where he throws a deep ball and it's essentially a punt. Like it's a there, there's a huge huge massive difference. And and Andrew Luck th- that that gets overlooked. And then it goes. To, I mean, th- this this next level shit was just out of control today with with uh with the injury talk. I remember last year. I remember last year there was a Monday night game with him. Oh no, I think it was the Carolina game. Do you remember mm-hmm. that Carolina game I did, where they yeah. came back, where they were coming back and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, in that game, the announcers consistently, relentlessly, Andrew Luck was performing poorly, and all they could talk about was this injury that he had, this yeah. the shoulder, yeah. the shoulder injury, right? Right. And then Andrew Luck starts playing well because I think it's basically because the rain stopped in the game. Oh yeah, it was raining out. Yeah, and 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 Andrew Luck starts playing well, and now Andrew Luck is the god, and they're not even bringing up the injury anymore. Right, right. And and and, 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 and today I bring that up on the Twitter. I'm like, guys, look. I mean, sure, he might have been playing a little bit hurt or something throughout the season, but I mean, you can probably make the case for 95 percent of of NFLers, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked at the injury report, and I looked at games that he played. First three weeks of the season, Andrew Luck was not on the injury report. Against Carolina and against New Orleans, he was not on the injury report. His two best games last year were against New England and Denver. He had the best performance against Denver all season of, of any quarterback against Denver all year long. And he was he was on the injury report that week. He you can make the case Andrew Luck was better with a lacerated kidney right. th- than he than he was when when he wasn't on the injury report. Right. And, and, and like we talked, we were talking a little bit before the show, uh, that the, the talk of, of, of his injuries is not the same as you would hear or as you used to hear 
when Michael Vick was out there signing big contracts and right. also getting getting hurt constantly, like like Andrew Luck. So I, I know it's not quite the same because I don't think that Luck's missed games are in the category of Vicks, you know, over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. But the the it's it's quite a contrast in the way we talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a it's a I you know I I think that. Of, of almost every player out there and I'm not I'm not trying to make this about uh, anything other than what it is but of, of any player out there I think that Andrew Luck is getting the benefit of the doubt more than anyone like right. I, I can't I, mean, I, I can't think of a I, th- I can't think of a play- maybe not even Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning got a lot of criticism throughout his career for mm-hmm. for doing for for not being able to win the big game and for 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 all sorts of things and even towards the tail end of Manning's career, it was more of like, oh, he's old now instead of, oh, he has one quadricep. You know, right. like, right. like it wasn't, it was never about an injury. Where I, I just, I, you know, this, I, I think Andrew Luck's a very good quarterback. I think he's, he's, he's got a great ceiling. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just think that it's out, the love for him is so out of control. Yeah. I mean, r- real football wise, and you'll hardly ever hear me talk about real football wise, but uh, he, uh, you can't, I mean, you can't let him go. I mean, you have no, to. No, of course. You not. have to give. Oh, him, of course not. You have to give him what what he wants, and and well, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, and that's that's the difference. You know, I I tweeted out the 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 connection between you know games he missed and and how he performed and stuff. I basically just took a screenshot of Pro Football Reference, mm-hmm. but someone's response was like was like, oh well, what do you want the Colts to do? And it's like that's not what I'm talking about, bro. Like I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. getting into that. What I'm talking about is is the connection with the injury. The Colts had to do what they did. I would have done that if I were the, if I were in that position. Um, but you know, I mean, that that's just what you know. I, I I don't even fault teams that that have even a glimmer of hope that their quarterback is elite and they pay that quarterback. It's the same deal, and you know that they they got the franchise tag with with Kirk Cousins. It's like of course you of right. course you do that. You know, of course it's like the perfect scenario mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that I'm, I, I totally agree that that had to happen. Yeah. And no one should say that the Colts could have been just as, as, as well off with Mike Glennon under center. I mean, I don't know who would say that except for me, but you know, <laughs> yes. let's, let's just dispatch with that theory. Not, not Joe Webb though. Yeah. Well, let's not get crazy. No, I'm Joe Webb will catch passes from <laughs> they'll, they'll run the wildcat oh, together. Oh man. Goat, goat backfield. The the Joe the Joe Webb Mike Glennon uh, wildcat with Frank Gore flanking out. I don't even know it, it. Like Webb's Webb's like old now, so I don't even know if his athleticism is still there. No, no one knows. I could. I think that we could probably outrun Joe Webb in a forty right now. Oh my god, <laughs> he could he could backpedal and beat us. For okay, three seconds. Yeah, you're right. Okay, he could run it backwards faster than me, but I could still be Justin Perillo on a four. Oh, man, you are you're a truther. You you are your own truther, which I can I can relate to. I sent a tweet out actually after the uh, the injury stuff with Luck, and I was like, yeah, you know, like I I broke my foot in eighth grade during baseball tryouts once, so I'm just gonna blame that for not being able to run a sub eight mile from now on. Wow, you went all in. I didn't see all this. On the- I did. I did. I did. I went pretty hard in the paint. Wow. It was. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was intense there for like five minutes. You know, like you just, I just kind of like, like, because, you know, I don't do that a whole lot. I used to like way, way back in the day, like just like go nuts. But now I, I try to kind of like contain myself because I don't want to deal. Like, I don't want to deal with this one dude who hit me up, who, uh, his handle was at luck to the number two. Ty no what oh my <laughs> gosh like 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 yeah I'm gonna really I'm gonna I'm gonna start conversing with you about how I think Andrew Luck's a little bit overrated and you're talking about the connection 
of him to T.Y. Hilton and your freaking Twitter handle. Oh, that is such a bad handle. I mean, uh, uh, it's a bad now, handle. Now everyone's going to look him up and, and he's going to, I'm sorry, luck to T.Y. No, look, it's a bad handle because who says that those two are together forever? I mean, is T.Y. Hilton well, like I'm a sure, general? I'm sure this guy's 31 followers is really going to care whenever he changes his handle no. later on. <laughs> Uh, man i just i don't just you know pe- people who pin their like identity to a player who likely won't be with their team forever i just don't get it you have to is that is that what you feel like with jerseys then yeah man no that's the thing i mean you can't unless you have the rare situation where like if you're a ravens fan and it was clear that joe flacco was going to be the franchise ward or something and 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 so and so you go ahead and get his jersey whatever but if you're like if you're a dolphins fan right now and you go get a Tannehill jersey that's a terrible investment see right so my thing though is to get sort of obscure guys on current teams knowing that they're not going to be on that right. team anymore because then it's fun oh, yeah. whereas if you whereas if you get a Ryan Tannehill jersey like you're not going to look back and say haha that was hilarious for another 50 years Right. Because like like there's going to be 30 years of depression before people like look at that and like say, haha, that's hilarious. Like you're not talking about like uh, a Jay Fiedler situation or anything like you're talking about a guy who like they really, really think or had thought think that the 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 the, uh, confidence in him is kind of uh, going away, but that they truly thought they had a franchise quarterback and they invested in him. And now it's just like it's just to me, it's not fun getting a, you know, a Matt Ryan jersey. Right. Even even right. if he plays his whole career in in Atlanta, you got to go for the fun guys. God, yeah, Matt Ryan jersey is so sad. I don't I don't even care who's wearing it. Uh, but I, I learned this lesson the hard way when I was like, the Dolphins. Uh, this is ni- circa nineteen ninety six or seven. The Dolphins have a cornerstone player in OJ McDuffie. Got to get his jersey. Yeah. No. See, but now you could. But that's a great jersey. <laughs> like no like like i like i love those jerseys i'm all about those jerseys like all about them yeah so i'm, I'm i cut it up one. i cut it up one one halloween and my wife wore it so it's all it's not wearable <laughs> so, so now i can't buy it off of you sorry that thing's like a collector's item now dude i know i know i would have charged you 300 so speaking of cool wouldn't it be cool to have a gary barnage jersey it it would be cool See, this is a way better. This is a way better segue. Than That's the a last better transition. One. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what we're gonna do today? We're gonna talk about three guys who could be this year's Gary Barnage. So, we're not talking about breakout tight ends per se. Like we've already talked about that we like Dwayne Allen or that we like. You know, we're into Kobe Fleener, even though his cost is rising. Those kind of players are more obvious because they're tied to better quarterbacks. We're going to talk about guys who are in poor situations like Gary Barnage was last year who could put up top five, top six tight end numbers like Gary Barnage did last season. Gary Barnage, if you guys don't know this, from like week three on was the most consistent tight end in fantasy football. Um, it was it was no fluke. And, and the, 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 the we brought this up last year. We brought this up many times in the podcast, but it's hilarious that we were just not on him at all last year. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, of all yeah. podcasts to be on Gary Barnage, this is the one, and we totally effed that up. I, we did. It was so hurtful to the brand. I mean, that was – I remember watching him, and we we started uh, DMing during the game where he went crazy his first his first breakout game. I forget who against uh, against uh, who they were playing, but – and we were like, why did we not mention this guy? Because it was clear right. that 
you know that basically what 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 we're saying when we say the next Gary Barnage or this year's Gary Barnage is a, a tight end who could benefit from volume on a terrible team in a relatively bad offense with no receiving options or very few receiving options, uh, particularly in the red zone. So, you know, someone who kind of succeeds by default where the team is passing a lot like the Browns did last year because they faced a lot of the negative game script and just, just sort of falls into a lot of targets and then does something with those targets. So that's, that's what we're looking for here. Yeah, and to be clear, guys, like it's very, very difficult to pinpoint that guy right now. I think mm. um, it not only because it's early, but because uh, there aren't many of those situations in the NFL where a team either doesn't have a wide receiver or doesn't have a group of wide receivers uh, without a, a tight end that's that people know about, or you know where there's a tight end that people know don't know about, and he's in an offense like a Fells or something in in Arizona where there's a bunch of wide receiver options where he's not going to necessarily see volume. He would hopefully see more efficiency to make up for that. So uh, it's a little bit difficult. So, you know, I think there's only really one guy that we're going to talk about that really, really, really fits the mold. Mm -hmm. And then the other two guys are more like, yeah, you can kind of see why, but they, they might be in a little bit different situations um, as, as Barnage. So Denny, we'll, we'll start with one guy um, that is, is not, not the, the the typical Barnage, but is a guy that's in a situation um, that's sort of like it. Uh, but go ahead and talk. Yeah, about him. Uh, it's Vance McDonald in San Francisco. Um, he, you know, made some. Oh, I thought you were gonna. Uh, well, we can start with Vance. Okay, that's the dude. He is the dude. Well, he is the dude. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Denny, Denny's, Denny's throwing it all off. I, I, I went all in on Vance right there. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, we can talk about Vance. Vance is the dude. Vance is the Vance is a. Uh, for all intents and purposes, Vance McDonald looks to be like this year's Gary Barnage. Right. He fits he fits the mold in, in 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 several ways, including that critical part where there are very few other receiving options besides Torrey Smith. And even even Torrey Smith is not a guy who is out there dominating targets, right? Like like mm-hmm. a target hog. He never has been. I guess he could, you know, be more of a of, of a of a target hog ish type receiver this year because the team will likely be playing from behind uh, and, and face a lot of bad game script. But uh, you know, McDonald once uh, Blaine Gabbert was named starter last year. um, He saw some, some decent opportunity. Uh, I was looking at his targets once, once Gabbert was uh, inserted into the starting role. Uh, His targets just going down the list is five, five, seven, three, four, seven, six. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's definitely not hateful. I mean, you know, that when we're talking about streaming tight ends, um, you know, six, seven targets, uh, is, is pretty much all we can ask for. Um, and, and also if you look at the role of, uh, the, the potential volume of a, of a tight end in Chip Kelly's offense, we saw that with Zach Ertz last year, where when, when, when Ertz finally started clicking in that offense, he was getting tremendous volume and we mentioned him on the show i think uh, what two or three times late in the season mm-hmm. as a streaming option because because it was it was almost a lock that he was going to see double digit uh, uh targets in that offense yeah. and, and and not just in that offense but with that team which was a horrible team and always playing from behind so that's what yeah. you, that's what you have and, with, and, with and the other thing with Ertz that we can't forget about. So Ertz I think had like 100ish targets last year and then he and then 2 years ago it was in like the high 80s or something which is it's very strong from a tight end pers- uh, perspective. 
But you have to remember that Brent Selleck was there too. So, like, it's not as if it, that, that job was only Zach Ertz's. And I don't – you know, there's other tight ends that are there in San Francisco, but I think that the, the, the volume potential, the, the market share potential is much greater for a guy like Vance McDonald than it was even for Zach Ertz mm-hmm. uh, just because of the wide receiver options that are there. So, um, you know, I think, you know, if you look at Vance McDonald, he's, he's not a bad athlete. Uh, you can go to mockdraftable.com and kind of look at his spider chart. Um, it, actually, one of his, his comps – is Brent Selleck on uh, playerprofiler.com. Yeah, so, and that, that, that's his main comp, uh, mm-hmm. which is a little interesting just because Selleck, Selleck played with, with Chip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it, there, there's also some coach speak that's going around right now. I mean, I, I grabbed this from Roto World where we have Gabbert and, and their tight end coach, Jeff Nixon, talking about uh, Vance McDonald. They said, so Gabbert said, he's a guy that we have to utilize. He's a mismatch nightmare on linebackers. And then Nixon, their tight end coach, said, the sky's the limit. He's very talented. He has the size and speed. I'm expecting a big year out of Vance. We're looking for him to take off, take off right from where he left off last year, being a big play tight end target target for us in the passing game. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's the greatest thing that you can hear uh, in terms of a potential fantasy tight end for your fantasy player in general for you. Um, and I think it makes sense. I mean, he, he does have the size. Um, the other thing too is, you know, we're looking at opportunity here. We're looking for volume, uh, and, and with volume, uh, actually volume at the tight end position matters even more than it does at the, at the wide receiver position. It correlates stronger in PPR leagues to week weekly output. Um, and, and if that volume is there for Vance McDonald, which it very well could be because Torrey Smith's the only guy that's really battling for targets right now. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it, the San Francisco offense right now, there is the, 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 their number two is, is, is just combined. It's just a group of very inexperienced wide receivers that we know very, very little about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at, at the tight end position, obviously there's a, a group of fairly inexperienced wide receivers. And then it's not like a situation like, like let's say Detroit where there's a pass catching back or, or multiple pass catching backs. There's really not any, like Carlos Hyde doesn't catch passes. So it's going to be really interesting how things pan out. But at the end of the day, what this all points to is Vance McDonald could have a decent sized role. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the number, yeah, the, the volume of plays in that offense is always, is always something to look at. Yeah, yeah, although, that, that too. although it does tilt run heavy, obviously if, if it's, if it's going right. Um, but uh, do, do you feel any differently with Kaepernick under center? If, if Gabbert doesn't get that job? Um. Probably not. Uh, maybe a little bit, but um, you know, I you made you made some uh, a good split there with in in talking about the the targets that Gabbert uh, threw his way. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's if he's a, a big body tight end, you know, a lot of it too. Um, Vernon Davis was part of that offense, I think, through week eight last year. Yeah. Um, and so it's very difficult to just look at cumulative numbers. He, Vance did split time with Blake Bell and. Right. Uh, Selleck and, and, and the other Selleck um, last year in terms of volume and such, but it sounds like Vance is the guy that they're going to move forward with this year at tight end. Uh, and if that's the case with no other pass catching options, I don't really care who the quarterback is. I think that there's the possibility that he very easily could reach, you know, 80, 80 plus targets. Mm-hmm. All right, oh, Denny. Yeah. Next dude, go ahead. All right. 
so I will now talk about Eric Ebron, who yeah. I who is not who is not as look these next two aren't as Gary Barnagey as Vance McDonald is, but we wanted a podcast to be able to talk about Vance McDonald. Exactly. No, I mean no. Seriously, I I'm on the Vance McDonald bandwagon, and more than just talking about him, I I grabbed him in uh, two dynasty leagues this off season, uh, and I have him in at least. Two two MFL tens, which I don't play that many, so two is not mm-hmm. <laughs> not a small number for me. Um, uh, so I I really I really do I really am invested in in his success. So you know, avoid him at all costs. I guess. Do you remember when we made fun of Vance McDonald on this podcast before because of his name? Yes, I do remember that. Man, we're gonna we're gonna eat our words when he's come I've come so far when he when he comes on this podcast, man. Right. Well, when he's uh, six points behind Gronk in week eight, you know we'll yeah. we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll rethink what we're what we're saying. Uh, so Ebron, uh, I mentioned three or four weeks ago that um, I really liked Ebron's uh, MFL ten uh, uh, ADP at the time. I think it's risen a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, a little bit. But just to give you an idea, and 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 you know, I like to look at fantasy football calculator for um for more casual uh, league ADPs. And uh, believe it or not, uh, Ebron is down in the 13th round Ooh. in in 12 team leagues. Uh, he's going. He's a 17th tight end off the board after uh let's see after Gates. Uh, ASJ and uh, Dwayne Allen. So he's very, he is actually like the, he is a late round tight end in, in mm-hmm. more casual leagues. So just, just for the record. But um, uh, so I looked at, um, uh, and I, I mentioned this last month, but I looked at games in which he saw uh, five or more targets just, just to see how he performed when he had a, he, when he had a decent number of looks, you know, come his way last season and uh in those games he averaged 11 and a half uh ppr points which you know is not the league winning type total but um for a guy you can get you know in casual leagues in the 13th round i think that that's decent and if you just if you if you think about the 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 lions uh you know team post calvin uh you have a major uh, you know, gap there in, in the red zone. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that Golden Tate ate up quite a few targets last year, which you wouldn't think he doesn't really pose that sort of traditional red zone threat at his size. Um, uh, but, you know, if you if you think that the, the team will be looking to, you know, fill those gaps left by Cal- Calvin, I think that Ebron jumps out as a guy who could benefit from that inside the 20 action that um that really i mean you remember before calvin was all dinged up and a little older he dominated uh Mm -hmm. targets for the lions down there so Mm -hmm. uh that that just that makes ebron it gives him some touchdown upside which obviously we like yeah yeah and to your point about golden tate i think it was he had six touchdowns last year and four of them were from two yards out or fewer right uh, because his a dot in the red zone was like negative i mean it was just it was insanely horrible i mean he was he was catching passes behind the line of scrimmage to go into the end zone. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, that's the the reasons that you you talk about Ebron are the same reasons that I like Marvin Jones a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's it's a situation where there's a lot up for grab, especially in the red zone. Um, I think you know our buddy Rich Rebar has talked about um, the Lions. He he says the Lions are this year's uh, Dolphins. So you know, last year everyone was pretty 
excited about uh, the the Dolphins' potential, um, and and it kind of fell flat uh, completely. Yes. It- whereas 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 this year, I think there are there's a lot of people that really like the Lions because I think a lot of it has to do with the Jim Bob Cooter, you know, second half of the season surge. Um, and, and it, you know, I don't, I don't disagree. I think that it fits what Matthew Stafford can do, uh, and, and what those weapons have in that offense in terms of like, it, like, you know, you have, you have a guy like Golden Tate, who's going to have a three, a dot. You have a guy in Marvin Jones, who's always been more of a complimentary guy. We don't know if he can stretch the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that all makes sense, but it also kind of comes down to not being able to score a lot of points. Uh, so if, if Ebron ends up being that red zone threat, then of course, he could he could have a really really monster year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I meant to mention this. If I, if I could backtrack for a second uh, on the on the Barnage phenomenon last year, um, and I know we we swung and well, we didn't even swing. We just missed that one. But no, yeah, we just we were we got caught looking. You know, one I remember uh, we were we were talking about Delaney Walker in a similar context as we're talking about Vance McDonald, uh, where you know the Titans were looking like they were going to be a bad team. And you can tell this by, you know, like, like the Vegas forecast for total wins for a team, you know, for just for instance, mm-hmm. and I know that there's some analysis around uh team, you know, to- total wins for teams. I think that's good stuff. If you look at that and, and you determine, well, you know, the Titans will be bad. Uh, and this is back when you could get Walker in the 10th, 12th, 13th mm-hmm. round, and they don't have receivers and they'll be throwing a lot. And Walker has proven somewhat efficient, you know, before that, then, then he jumped out as a potential, one of these guys who could benefit from, from a, from a, from a bad situation, basically. So it, yeah, it's yeah. more than 133 just 33 targets later. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's more than just Barnage. I mean, this, this happens uh, pretty much every year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last guy that I want to just bring up is, uh, you know, again, it's not exactly a Vance McDonald situation, but it's Zach Miller uh, in Chicago. You have Alshon, obviously, who's going to gobble up targets. And then you have Kevin White, who, you know, if we, if we want to be objective, we have no idea what Kevin White is. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been kind of mixed reviews. I've seen some very positive reports in, can- in, in OTAs, seen some very negative reports. Uh, but regardless, we don't know what Kevin White is. So let's, let's just say that Kevin White, even if Kevin White is something, um, Zach Miller stands to actually, you know, get a lot of targets in this offense. And I'm not just saying because of Martell, Martellus Bennett being gone, because uh, he is gone. He left 80 targets with him from last season. Uh, but if you recall, Bennett didn't play towards the end of the year. The last three games of the season, he was out. And in those three games uh, where Zach Miller played without Martellus Bennett, he saw six, six, and eight targets, which was 19.35%, 16.2%, and 29, 29.6% of the team's targets. That market share is out of control at the tight end position. Now, granted... You know, Alshon dealt, has dealt with injuries, and, and, and so on. I mean, Zach Miller was the guy, but he also proved that he can handle a decent workload. Uh, and there was a fourth game, I believe, too, where, where Bennett just randomly missed, but I didn't have that in the sample there. Um, you know, again, Kevin White is there, but we don't know what Kevin White is. I, I actually have Kevin White closer to a 19% market share in that offense. Uh, Alshon's at like 27 or something. But but Kevin White at 19%, I it still allowed me to give – Zach Miller like seventeen percent, and if he's at seventeen percent, that's going that's that's close potentially to about ninety targets. And if he's at ninety targets, that's a lot of targets for a tight end uh, mm-hmm. in fantasy football. And then imagine if Kevin White isn't good, 
if Kevin White's not good, yeah. there's no number two option in that offense. Right. Uh, they don't even have a pass catching back. So I think all of that, uh, you know, combined just makes Zach Miller a really intriguing option. You know, people hate Jay Cutler, but he's no different than a, a Matthew Stafford. Uh, so I, I think, you know, Zach Miller, I've been getting Zach Miller in MFL tens, uh, pretty frequently. Uh, I, so yeah, uh, Miller, do you know where he's going in MFL tens? Like the, I mean, in like the 13th ish, 12th ish. Okay. Then that, that lines up fantasy football calculator has him in the late 13th. So that, that lines up. Um, and, uh, it, it, I, I went to the, uh, Rotoviz projection machine, which I've been toying around with a little bit lately. And if you figure the Bears to be a little, just a little more pass happy this year, uh, which is no guarantee, but you know, I just wanted to see what would happen when I adjusted some things. Uh, you have uh, Miller getting seventy-eight targets, which you know is not 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 terrible. But I think that that I I could see him going over seventy-eight or eighty. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that that also I'm gonna, you know that's going to assume that. Kevin White is good. Right. That he's he, that he's demanding targets as a real wide receiver too. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying he's not going to be. This is this is all part of the risk reward in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. This is you have to look at those scenarios where like oh what if this guy isn't good because there's a very possible it's very possible that he's not. And 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 with Kevin White if he's not then all of a sudden Zach Miller's the number two option in that offense. Right. Then boom you got a you got a tight end one. Yeah. And so in that scenario where where Miller. Draw, draws 78 targets uh kevin white draws 95 which you know may be optimistic who knows yeah yeah all right well those are the three dudes uh you know we it's it's the off season we have to keep it a little bit quick <laughs> we, we, we can do that hey look it there's no this is the dead season right now but i i feel like talking about the next barnage is something we will flip back to you know come september yeah absolutely for sure all right, let's get to the questions on Twitter. Uh, the first one is at SMGDH. Q for next week's pod. Who would you rather raise your children? Mother Rayburn from Bloodline or Tammy Taylor? Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I don't know. You, about you, don't know you, you don't know Bloodline because we've talked about this. I don't know why you would ever want Mother Rayburn to raise your children when one of their children is uh, actually all of them are basically psychopaths. Really? So it's, and, and not only that, Tammy Taylor is the goat. Mom. Right, God, I love. Like she's Tammy. like the, like, like you could put anyone next to Tammy Taylor, and Tammy Taylor wins. Yes, like like TV moms, right? Like she would win. She's great, and I don't have any sort of feelings for her beyond that, so it doesn't even matter. Melissa knows. Melissa knows. It's okay. Look. It's okay, guys. Look! Look! She 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 was all into uh, the the good look. What's his name? Riggins. He, she was into Riggins. You know. Yeah. I'm, I was into Tammy Taylor. It's a, you know it just. Yeah, it's life. Fine. Yeah, it's great. Next one at STLP three 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 show question. Why would you take Marvin Jones over both new and coming rookies and last year's rook, last year's rooks in White and Perriman? Um. I mean, I, I wrote an article on Marvin Jones. I finally put it into words, my feelings about him. Um, but, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Marvin Jones of all those. So if you look at like Kevin White, Kevin White's not going to be the number one wide receiver on his team unless Alshon gets hurt. Right. And even then, maybe Zach Miller. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I mean, so with with Marvin Jones, he has the potential. So, like, I. um 
like there's there are many many reports that have come out that talk about how this is a 1a 1b situation where we don't know if if golden tate is the 1a or not we we just don't golden golden tate should be the the target leader but golden tate's also going to average seven yards per per catch i mean it's just gonna be out of control so uh that's why i like marvin jones a lot plus he has the red zone upside uh, and he's going to be more vertical. He's going to be more vertical than than Golden Tate. You know, you compare him to all the rookies. I think of all rookie, who, which you know, there's a question that we'll get to in a sec. But which which rookie wide receiver do you like most? Like, I, I think I think Corey Coleman is set up from a volume standpoint, and then yeah. I like Sterling Shepard from like a an an efficiency standpoint. Yeah, I I might lean Shepard, but yeah, I, fair. I understand the it's, to, it's to, totally fair, but then you, so you look at Sterling Shepard and you say, okay, Odell Beckham's the one there, uh, you know, he's, it's, it's not going to be super easy for him to like automatically get a hundred targets this season uh, where, and then you look at Corey Coleman and you're like, oh my God, the Browns are a dumpster fire of an offense. So there's rookie, there's rookie wide receivers out the door. I mean, Marvin Jones is better. And then Kevin White, sure. You can make the argument. Kevin White, I think has a higher ADP in MFL 10s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can definitely make the argument for Kevin White, but for me, there's a lot of ambiguity there, and he doesn't have the upside of being that number one. Perriman's out of the question because he's, he's, he's not even he's not is he breathing right now? Well, I mean, it's just yeah, I just don't think you can put any stock in what he can or can't do right now. I mean, that the knee thing is very frightening. Yeah. So Marvin Jones to me, I mean, it's I'm not even bullish on the on the Lions offense per se, but I think that he's just in a really really good spot given his value. Fantasy football calculator has him going in like the ninth round in PPR league. I saw like it's, that. It's yeah. crazy. It's uh, out of control. So you you don't see Golden Tate because I think that I see part you know part of the fantasy community on Twitter sees Tate as a you know possibly a 170 180 target guy. I don't think it's going to get that high. I think that he's going to to get more targets just because of what he plays. He's such a safety blanket for for in that offense, but. I mean, realistically, every one and a half target for Marvin jo- or for Golden Tate's going to be equal to one target of Marvin Jones's, right? In terms of efficiency, in terms of what they produce uh, with fantasy points, because Golden Tate is is I'm not I'm not kidding. Like Golden Tate is going to have an A dot of like less than four. Like that 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 is what you look at what he did with Jim Bob Cooter, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. He's like he's got like a, a, a it was like what they did with Brandon Cooks for a while last mm-hmm. season before they finally kind of let him go. He just he just hovers at the line of scrimmage, and uh, you know it's good, it's fine for the offense, it's fine for real football. I'm all about that uh, a West Coast get the ball out quickly type of offense, a Tom Brady type offense. Um, but I I I think from a fantasy perspective, Marvin Jones, you could argue he has more upside. You you could you could make the argument that he has more upside. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm simply saying. And then you factor in. I mean, we're even we're talking about this straight up between Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. But right. if you factor in ADP, then it's not even close to me who who the better yeah, value is. You're you're right. When, yes, the price is is uh, the price difference is tremendous. It is. It's great. I mean, Golden Tate's gonna ball out. Golden Tate's gonna be very strong. They're gonna have plays that they run in the red zone that's that are specifically for Golden Tate, so that he does get six, seven touchdowns this year. I, I think he's going to be fine. My point is more the fact that. Marvin Jones still has the opportunity to be a top target in more of the traditional sense in that offense because Golden Tate is not that kind of wide receiver. Right. Gotcha. Uh, next one, at bedtime 37. 
Do you have a specific strategy for drafting from the first overall spot besides drinking heavily between picks? <laughs> I mean, get Antonio Brown and log out. I, yeah. I mean, that's it. We're going to go full darter and just say, get Brown log out. You know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in the one spot a lot in MFL tens and I, if, if Ingram is there at the two, three turn, I'm okay with getting Ingram if I wanted to go running back, but you know, wide receiver wise, I really look for like a B Marsh and T Y Hilton turn and, and start with three wide outs. Right. I just think that, you know, with the Steelers best receiver out for the year, then you really have to just <laughs> go, go with Brown, go with Brown and just, you know, but, just Dar- but Darius Hayward Bay is healthy, Denny. Oh, DHB truther. That's right. Next one at Eugene, the JB. What's, what's the worst fantasy phrase you hear in redraft leagues? Uh, he says, I think my defense is on a buy tops the list. I, I feel oh. like you would come up with something good here, Denny. Yeah, that was that one. <laughs> that one is bad. That one is like people I used to work with who would say that to me. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Your defense is on. What is that? <laughs> did, did you like buy that defense? I mean, get get rid of that defense. Um, oh, oh, uh, well, anything that has, that has to do with backup quarterbacks. And I'm talking. Yeah, that's about, what I was going to say, too. Yeah, I'm talking about like 10 team or 12 team league with average bench size. I, I get it. Like, don't please don't tweet at us and be like, but my you have to have a backup in my league. So I'm talking about like average leagues when when you're like uh you're like you know look Tannehill is solid but he's not my starter he's my backup you're right not, right right exactly <laughs> it's not your real team <laughs> you're not you're not going to be able to insert him into the lineup when Andrew Luck goes down you know <laughs> right 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 yeah that's that's definitely a good one and people I mean I always laugh at the just anything backup quarterback related like you said like a- anything like. Like someone gets, I don't know, someone gets like Drew Brees in the fourth because that's what happens. And then they're, they they come around in the fifth and they're like, oh, I got to have someone to back him up when he's on bye. Yeah. They always do. They do that every – and they only worry about quarterbacks with that shit. Yeah, what? Like they don't, they don't do it with running backs. They only – like think about it, guys. Think about it. Think about your home league. Think about the most casual league imaginable. People only worry about bye weeks when it comes to your quarterback. This is why we exist. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think. There's got to be more. I, I, you know, when I I was thinking of was uh, expectations that are just just ridiculous. You know, like like I remember uh, someone drafted Arian Foster in the first round in my in my home league in my in my brother brother-in-law and friend league like like four or five years ago, and Foster had like a kind of a slow start, but like he was still getting like a hundred yards and a few receptions a game, and they were like. He's terrible. He sucks. He's not. He's not doing anything for me. I was like, dude, he right. had nineteen points last week. <laughs> right. He's like, fine. Well, so you, so you are saying like forty points or nothing. That's that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I always, I, I definitely love the the fantasy guy that goes to your draft and thinks that he knows that. Like, so like Brandon Gadul. Actually, I'm not going to bring that one up, but uh, that's probably <laughs> a bad idea. Uh, but no. So uh, I, I remember reading Bleacher Report last year. Mm-hmm or maybe it was two years ago and they had this, this, this is kind of related because guys will take information that they read on a site like BR and they'll, they'll bring it to the, to the draft. There was a segment. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding at all. And I don't even care about trashing this because it's horrendous. There was a segment where someone said that Eddie Lacey could push 40 carries a game Which, which, let me explain the math here. If he plays 16 games, 
he'd be running the ball 640 times. Hey, that seems reasonable. Look at back in the day, they ran it 700 times per running back. <laughs> like, like what? Like, did no one? How did no one stop that from being? It was a video too. Like, it was a well-produced video. How did no one stop that from happening? 40, 40 times. 40 times a game. I'm not kidding you. I. I'm not because I remember then having to, a, a like a joking discussion with Brad Evans about it on Twitter. Like, how how is this happening? Happening? Like, how does that occur? I don't know, man. I mean, by by carry like by carry thirty seven, everybody should be screaming at their TVs. Stop it! Stop running! He's gonna die. He's gonna die. We should, you know, we should all be the trainer in Rocky Four when he's throwing when he's trying to stop the fight between the Russian and Apollo. Like, right, like right. no, you can't. <laughs> right. You know, no. Someone's gonna die if they get forty carries. Forty carries a game. That's insane. That's insane. Uh, next one at Ross Kidwell. He's, uh, he said point five PPR, which are good values. Rawls for a five. Jordy Nelson for a four. Matt Jones for a four. Devonte Freeman for a two. Well, Jordy. Jordy, definitely Jordy. Yeah. Next one at Double A Cantu. He said, "Any way you guys can run down your top five or ten running backs as of right now? How about this? We'll do a podcast on something like that. Like we'll do a top ten type thing." Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds good. Uh, next one at the war at the FF War Room. If Sanchez could make Keller, Burris, and Holmes relevant, what makes people think Thomas and Sanders will drop off? It's actually an interesting point. Like, I mean, it's a random point, but it's an interesting one because I think. I, you know, we've mentioned this before on the podcast. I think that people are, you know, oh, he lost Peyton Manning. And it's like Peyton Manning was horrible last year, guys. Like he was really bad. Anything really is bad. an upgrade. Anything is an upgrade. Anything is an upgrade. Uh, next one, at lowercase 11, who is more likely to squander a golden opportunity, Ladarius or Fleener? Enjoy your July 4th grilled corn. I don't know, man. I'm I'm going to go with Ladarius. Yeah, I'm thinking it's him. And I, I don't even think it's necessarily going to be talent related. I think it's just going to be opportunity related. Yeah, I mean it's never talent talent related with him. I mean he's when the ball has come in his direction, he's always done a lot of really good things with it. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, so I I would say Ladarius though over Fleener in that situation. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're, no one's talking about like Fleener being part of like a tight end rotation. I mean, he's just gonna take right. that role that Ben Watson had right yeah he yeah and and more more than likely um next one at smgdh seeing you both go by initials jj and cd how ashamed are you how ashamed of you are you by your full names what <laughs> are you ashamed of your full name uh, uh no i explained it the other day uh, and i think i have before but it's craig dennis uh, my dad's name, my dad's first name is Craig, but his middle name is not Dennis. So I'm not a junior. And so they, my parents immediately decided to start calling me Denny because it would be confusing. I think calling saying Craig, 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 Craig. Um, and I went by, I go by CD Carter cause that's my, that's the name I write under and I have for since college. Yeah. I'm not going to tell anyone my full name. Oh, it's a, I'm glad you told me it's a secret. I was about to reveal. Yeah, yeah, it's a secret, Denny. Don't tell anyone. Okay. I don't know. I've just gone. I've just gone by JJ my whole life, so I can't. I'm not gonna change it to my real name. My my real name's dumb anyway. It, so not- yes, I guess that I am ashamed. <laughs> Man, yeah, this is uh, this is quite the the psych you know psychologist couch right now. Um, <laughs> Next one at Blemenheiser. 
Oh, B. Lemonheiser. I don't even know. Oh, B. L. Emenheiser. See what I did there? Whew. Would Denny rather spend the 4th of July eating a packet of hot dogs or drinking a six-pack of craft beer? Oh, God. Denny, craft beer is not bad. But Did you say crap beer or craft beer? <laughs> um, wait, so wait. Drink a six-pack of, of craft beer or eat a whole package of hot dogs? apparently okay i'll just take the bullet and get drunk (laughs) fair fair we go to we go to our harris teeter all the time and you can make your own six pack you know harris teeter the grocery store yeah you guys have them up there yeah it's beloved by yuppies the the world over yeah well you can make your own six pack there you can just go and grab some Uh, pretty good selection you i don't know if you know this but uh there maryland uh does not Oh yeah, they don't sell. Yeah, it does not sell alcohol uh, anywhere in grocery stores, except for maybe like a couple exceptions. But so you guys have you guys have beer distributors? Uh, there's no beer in Maryland. It's just it's a completely sober state. No, I'm just joking. It's yeah, I, uh, I mean no, it's just you you have to go to li- the liquor store. Yeah, that's that's how Pennsylvania is. Yeah, I, it's and such it a, it's such a pilgrim thing. Get out of here with that. But Pennsylvania, so when I was at school at Pitt, they had a there's a place called the O. Anyone who listens to this is from Pittsburgh or went to Pitt knows exactly what I'm talking about. A place called the O where people get stabbed and you it's 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 like right in the heart of campus, but when you're there at three AM and you're hammer drunk, like I mean it's like drug deals. It's not like students are getting stabbed. Oh, oh, and, oh well, good, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they but you since since beer distributors closed early you had to you had to really prep for parties and stuff you had to get a lot of beer apparently uh so they closed and when you ran out you went to the o and you just got 40s so everyone in college was drinking like colt 45 and stuff when it was like really late at night oh it's a good time it's a good time man that's college uh you know if that if if the if that store was in maryland or on the college park campus it would be called the o that's (laughs) marylanders say it let's go to the o <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't cart either, so it was awesome. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful place. And they had great fries. It was amazing. Do you and Amanda get carded? Um, well, now you can see my beard is a lot shorter now. Yeah, I see that. It looks good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, I got carded last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you get carded all the time. Um, I used to, but then when you start going around with kids, then no one, yeah, that's no, true. No, then, no one's then, carding you. You, they just assume that you're a hundred. Um, yeah, true. But they card Melissa all the time. But yeah, they'll card her, but not me. And I'm like, so you think, you think that I'm like this 32 year old man taking around an underage girl? Well, you are older than her. We learned that you went to 10 proms. I did. I've I've been to more proms than 99 percent of America, but. Yeah, I don't know. I feel so, so I'm a little offended. I'm always uh, to the server. I always want to be like, for real, you're not going to you're not going to card me. You're just going to card her. OK, OK, right, right, right. Uh, next one is at Knuckle Pop. He says, WTF, gentlemen, are you both off the David Johnson truther bandwagon? What type of ADP in production can we expect in 2016? Not at all. I think he's the uh, I, I think he's the second best running back in fantasy football behind Le'Veon. Yeah, I mean, I, I did we say something to the contrary? I don't know, but there was a big WTF, all caps. Uh, I, mm. Look, we look. If you listen to the podcast last year, you know that we both love David Johnson. Mm-hmm. That was one of the hot takes last year. That was your was that he was gonna. That was your. That was. Take. Yeah, it was that was one of my hot takes last year. He was gonna outscore Andre Ellington, which at the time was not a very, you know, 
accepted thing. No, 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 no. That that was way out of out of left field. Uh, I, we said two things that I think were were almost like a like a joke take, which was that that one, and then Eli over Peyton. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but you know, hey. It's that been, that actually, if you want accuracy, that is probably one of the best podcasts we've ever done. Yes, that was good, wasn't it? Because you had you also we also had the uh, Andre Johnson won't be a top thirty wide receiver, which yeah, again, crazy, crazy to think about. I can't remember any of the other ones. You guys can make fun of us because we're only remembering the good ones. I, I, I felt yeah, I know we had some we had, we had some bad, but uh, Sam Bradford was probably on there like as a top five quarterback oh, or something. Dear Lord. Um, with Andre Johnson, I wanted to say he wouldn't be a top fifty, but I felt like that was way, that was nuclear hot at the time. So I was right. like, I'm going to scale it back and say top thirty. Because, <laughs> that was nuclear hot because I think I think he was being ranked uh, like consensus rank at like twenty or twenty five. Oh, he was out of control. Or, it was higher than that. It was consensus ranked like fifteen. Oh God, like fourth round stuff. Oof. Um. All right. Next one. At Alex Powers Music, Diddy Kong Racing is better than Mario Kart 64. Hot take? Uh, you hell? That's definitely hot, but dude, look. Is it- okay. Look. You know my take with GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. Okay? Perfect Dark is just a better version of GoldenEye. I'm not going to say the same about Mario Kart and Diddy Kong because there's a lot of differences because of the items and the way that they're generated in those games. So I don't, did you play Diddy Kong racing? Uh, I had like maybe twice in my life and it was so a long you get, time. You get balloons in Diddy right. Kong racing instead of like the, the question, question mark boxes. Right. And it doesn't, the, the balloons are the same no matter what, hmm. whether you're in first or you're in last. Whereas Mario Kart is so epic because the people in last are getting lightning bolts and stars and, and whatnot. There's a there's a, a much bigger difference to the to the games. Diddy Kong Racing had a better one player mode because it was like a an open an open arena basically where you could drive around this place and it was sweet. But Mario Kart 64 is better. Yeah, Mario Kart is it has such great equalizing boxes, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you are way way behind, like in the first lap, oh, you know what? I, it always comes to mind. Uh, the the Wario's Stadium, yeah. Whenever you can jump the the start, right? If you get way way behind in that, you actually can be okay. If you especially, get especially, yeah, especially if you know when they're about to go over that jump. If you know, if you can time that and you hit the lightning and they slide off, you are you're in business. You can do it. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, next one at Wood Just Rough. He says, "What's a big slash popular movie that you haven't seen?" That's a pretty good question. It is a good. You want to go first? I haven't seen the new Star Wars because I don't really care for Star Wars. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that in the theater with my father-in-law. I mean, I, I thought it was good. I know it was like Disneyfied and everything, but I and I'm not I'm not a Star Wars uh, junkie, but I I liked it fine. Uh, Avatar, never seen Avatar. Oh, yeah, that was I saw that one in theaters. That was decent. Yeah, I just I couldn't uh, I couldn't deal once I started reading stuff about how people. Uh, were you know like uh, building, trying to build the 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 Earth, the Pandora Earth or whatever it is mm-hmm. in that movie, and and trying to live in it because it's like the perfect place to live. And then they're seeing the movie like fifty times, and they're yeah, obsessed right. with it. And like like the, it, that movie, the movie was like ruining people's lives because it was because we, people were getting that obsessed with it. Um, that's only happened to me with Friday the Thirteenth. So you know. <laughs> 
That's it. Look, I slept in the cabin by myself for six weeks, but that was it. It was, it was fine after that. Oh, man. Next one, at Pugs, not Hugs. He says, if you could devote one year to only training, which Olympic event do you have the best chance to medal? Gosh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I'd, I'd say I'd be a pretty good pole vaulter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't be. I'm too, I'm too thick to be a pole vaulter. But I'd be training, so who knows? My brother's lanky. Maybe I could get lanky. So, I, but probably the 100-meter dash, if we're being honest. I don't know. Oh, you know what? Oh, 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 I got it. I got it. Swimming. Could I could be, be something in swimming. Could it? Oh, okay. Where, did you swim back in the day? I did. I, I swam. Uh, well, when I say swam competitively, I swam on a team. Uh, I was not competitive, but I I swam for three years and I was really into it. Like I was like, I'm going to do this in high school and in college. And oh, look at there's baseball. Right, right. Yeah. I don't think I could do anything in the Olympics. I, I think I could. Uh, is there a dad running event? Well, there should be. I don't know. There should be. There should Wait, be a dad, a dad Olympics. Is there bowling? I don't know. That would be a good one, though. I don't think there's bowling. Could we train? See, there's a lot of, like, like okay. Like, if we're talking winter, like, I would love to curl. Yeah. Right? Like, I could get into that shit. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> next one at Eddie underscore straight. Who's the Jean Ralphio of the NFL? Oh man. That, that's it used to be, it used to be Martin Gramatica. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That guy would make, that guy would make like a 30 yarder in the third quarter and, and, and run around and, Oh, 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 I remember one time they were playing the dolphins. The bucks were playing the dolphins. He broke his ankle. And no, he, he, or was that bill? He made a, Oh, that was the other guy. Yeah. So he, so that Martin, Martin, Martin Gramatica, he kicked a, a a late fourth quarter field goal, and then he got in Jason Taylor's face, like got in his face. And you know, as a fan, you know, because as a fan, you are transported into this, you know, caveman mentality. So as a right. fan at the time, I was like, rip his head off, kill him, right, kill right, this right. Kicker. That dude, it's like amazing looking back at how uh, how unreal martin grammatica was to the sport like yeah. to have a guy that literally i mean he's literally doing circles around the football field when he chips in a 28 yarder i you know i don't mind it i mean we have such robots in the league today you know just emotionless uh just plain as day corporate sponsored robots and just a guy like that is you know not the worst thing yeah, yeah. i'm trying i'm trying to think of someone who qualifies but i i don't i don't know no, he is the Jean Ralphio. Yeah. Next one at Gr oh, by the way, I'm wearing a. You see, I'm wearing a mouse rat T-shirt. Look at that. Yeah. Well, imagine that. Uh, ne next one at Grizzly Blair, Matt Blair. He uh, he writes for Number Fire. He says, "I'm driving from Pittsburgh to Chicago this weekend. What do you guys do during long road trips to pass the time? Listen to podcasts like Living the Stream. Um. Listen to comedy's good." Yeah, yeah. I listen to absolute silence and ponder my coming death. Actually. <laughs> um, no, I haven't been on a road trip um, that in which I could listen to anything but kids' songs in so long that I don't remember. Comedy is always good. There's good. There's good lists on Spotify and stuff. 
Um, next one at ginger sauce for you also writes for number five, Tyler Buecher. He says, given this year's tight end class and their respective ADPs, is this the best year to fade Gronk? It's always a good year to fade Gronk guys. It is. I mean, I thought that his ADP would drop more, but it's still like right where it was last year. Pretty much. Like Jordan Reed was better than Gronk last year, guys. He was better than Gronk last year. Let's not, let's, let's, let's be done putting Gronk on this freaking pedestal that he's this goat. And, he, is and, goat. And, he is the and, goat. He, well, no, he's great. He's great. But I, I love, I love Gronk. I just love also having a persona that hates him. Yeah, right. <laughs> the brand. Uh, if Brady's suspended four games uh, and people are still drafting him in the first round, that to me just is irrational. Yeah. Next one, Oliver Severios. He says, "How crazy am I on a <clears throat> crazy scale of zero to ten? Ten equals super crazy." That Gabbert slash Cap can produce as a low end QB one in Chip's offense. I'm I'm I believe that. You're out of your mind. Really? Yeah. So so you see I I, I base this on my belief that Sam Bradford is a is a well below average NFL quarterback. I, I I'm talking bottom of the barrel type type guy. What Teddy do you so you think guy. you think you think Blaine is Blaine Gabbert is better than Sam Bradford? maybe and i definitely think kaepernick is i i don't care i don't care i don't care <laughs> that's, that's i can see i i of the two of the two i could see cap doing it just because of his legs yeah uh, look of, of i the mean two. nick Foles and mike vick were fantastic in that scheme in part because they had some mobility whereas sam bradford had none yeah I just think no, that it'll, makes be, it it'll, it'll be, I don't, I, I mean, the, the position is just so deep. It's very difficult for me to be like, yeah, sure. But I, I get that, you know, if the question was more, so is it crazy to think that Blaine Gabbert could be a, a very solid QB two, then sure. That's different. Yeah. Uh, next one. This is a good question at Fitz underscore eight, four, three. Are there any real life situations where you can apply the zero RB anti-fragility strategy and achieve success? Well, to Denny, it's eating. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, yeah. the zero, the zero food strategy. I, I would say zero taste. Zero. <laughs> the zero, the zero taste strategy. I, I don't know. Is there is there anything that comes to mind? Uh, there isn't for me. I mean, I'm trying to. I do everything. I'm trying. Okay, so it's like a like anti fragile like. Oh oh oh! I maybe okay maybe this uh, in softball. I have here we go. Okay, yeah, yeah. Softball take. Uh, uh, I have experimented with making different lineups, in which I spread out the best hitters on our team, and then other lineups of which I just pile them all back to back to back to back with no regard for anything else. And I think that 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 second that ladder strategy works much better. And. and and that that seems like an anti fragile type type situation. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good one. I don't have anything that's too too good. Of, I'll have to think about it. Maybe mm-hmm. next week. Sure. Next next one at Mr. Chavez eight three one PPR league gives point five points per carry. Does this affect your draft strategy? Um, yeah, a little bit. I think the one thing though to keep in mind is that it's a weekly game. So when you plug that into yearly projections, it's going to look a lot bigger. Uh, look like a, a lot bigger of a difference than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. Uh, 
Next one at Future Stars NYC. Since Denny hates pizza, does Denny hate ketchup too? And then he says, if if, all right, then he says, if not, what's better, Heinz or Hunts? Oh, it's only Heinz. Oh my God, I love you. Yeah, of course you do. Of course, Pittsburgh. I, I, you know, I would, I would even say Hunts if I liked Hunts because of Pittsburgh's <laughs> Dude, connection I would, with I would, I would turn everything off. I'd throw my microphone on the ground. It, dude, I mean, I, I actually do want to be on the podcast. So, like, I don't, I don't think people understand like how important it is to answer Heinz to that question. Mm-hmm. Like, like Heinz, Heinz is like runs Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like it is, it is, it is such a big part of Pittsburgh, and it's so much better than Hunts objectively. Uh, oh it's yeah, so much no. Listen, than Hunts. if I if I go to a cookout and they have Hunts or some other garbage brand there, I want to throw. I mean, actually throw it away. Like like who, like who do you think you are? <laughs> you are. You walk up to the table and just. just you can expose people to this garbage. You, you, what are you trying to poison us? Give us Heinz right. or, or give us nothing. Don't don't right. don't put out ketchup if you don't have Heinz. Right. Give me Heinz or give me nothing. I think there was a famous speech. I, I think that's the way it went. And also, uh, I guess uh, Hunts uh, is no longer going to sponsor LTS. So we have... well, that's fine. Heinz, we're all about your life. Let's go. We love Heinz. We love you, Heinz. Yes. Teresa Heinz Carey. Teresa Heinz Carey. Heinz Ward. Oh, different guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, next one at Shafe underscore Neck. What are your thoughts on CJ Anderson and Jay Stu and standard redraft? CJ Anderson. I think CJ Anderson's a way better pick than than Jay Stu. God, you hate Jonathan Stewart so much. I don't. I just don't. I you know, I've seen rankings where he's like RB thirteen. I'm like, did you guys? Do you guys watch football? But I mean. Mm. Look, I mean, he's, he was on his way to like a top seven season last year. He's got a guy in Cam that is going to, and, and even Tolbert that's going to just destroy his touchdown potential. Like, like they're and they're, they're, they're not going to, they're going to score 10 fewer touchdowns this year, at least. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously the coming regression for Carolina affects everyone, including him. So I think, guess, think, I think, guess. Anderson. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. Last season, Carolina's offense was was the best that offense might ever be in the next ten years, and I, I say that because they scored that many. They were that good. They scored that many touchdowns in terms of pure volume, in terms of pure points scored. Jonathan Stewart was still what what he was last year, with within that offense that's scoring so many touchdowns. So that's that right there tells you that it's kind of frightening that that's his ceiling, right? Yeah, yeah, especially because you're not getting a huge price break. Yeah, yeah, it's not a massive price break. I mean, I've gotten him in in like the sixth round of MFL tens. I'm fine with that, but he's he's going to go earlier in in most drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one at fade to Zach FF. What are your thoughts on taking only two defenses in MFL tens since they are essentially injury proof, or do you always take three? I take two sometimes. I'm probably half and half. Mm-hmm. Um, next one, same guy. Notice any trends in your mock drafts as far as what position slash player? you like to get from early draft slot versus late one. So I think we kind of mentioned it with the Antonio Brown thing where I tend to go pretty wide receiver heavy. If I get, I mean, it sounds counterintuitive, but like I'll get like Brown and then maybe a Jordy or some, or like a T Y Hilton in the late second and then maybe Ingram. Uh, but if he's not there, it's, it's, it's a pretty big drop and I'll just go with another wide out. Mm-hmm. But the back half, it's a little bit easier to in in the middle towards the back. It's a little bit easier to mix and match with with wide receivers and running backs. That's what I've noticed at least. Yeah, I'll go with that. 
Next one, at DP Football one who is the safest RB pick at number six, 12-team PPR group? DJ, Gurley, AP, or Zeke? Safest. Definitely not Zeke. You don't think Zeke's just going to be fed until he can't eat anymore? I mean, he might, but he, I don't think safe is the right word there. I, I, none of them are – I mean, David Johnson. I think he's safer than what people want to believe. Who, who were the uh, the others, Gurley and – And AP. Yeah, I, I mean, mean Gurley's pretty. Gurley's pretty safe too. I just feel like Minnesota's total and complete ridiculous commitment to running the offense through AP and nobody else. Yeah, it that's fair. Make, that's makes fair. it pretty safe. I don't know. That's fair. I can go. I can get behind AP if we want to have that as our consensus answer. Ugh, I guess. Next one at Tubaca. He said, "Trade David Johnson, fifteenth round pick, for Jordy Nelson, who's a thirteenth round Gronk, third round, or Brandy Marshall, fifth round in a one running back PPR league." So one running depends how many wide receivers you're starting. Because yeah. if it is a one running back league and you're starting three wide receivers, I would totally trade David Johnson for Jordy for thirteenth round in a fifteenth. Like that's that's very solid value. That's yeah. that's the direction I would go depending on how many wide receivers you're starting. Absolutely. Next one at BBQ Carter thirteen <laughs> for data. How much are you looking forward to me forcing you to watch my favorite crappy Disney movie every day? Uh, I've you know been there, done that, and um, you just kind of have to uh, you know keep keep drinking beer, I guess. You know, and just what was your favorite? What was your favorite Disney movie growing up? Um, it could be cartoon or not. Oh yeah, Mighty Ducks. Okay, good. Mighty D two though. No D two. No, no D, yes D two all the way. Yes D two is. I mean, ducks fly together. I was obsessed when the when the roosters crowing and cows are spinning circles in the pasture. It, it, wow, wow, that was a good quote. I, I remember hearing uh, the the uh, "We Are the Champions" uh, song in that movie and being like, "Mom, Dad, there's this awesome song. It's called We Are the Champions. It's by this band called Queen. You know, right. like, yeah." Yeah, we we were aware. I was like, "You were aware? You knew about this the, all the, all along my whole life, and you never told me about this great song." There's a there's a really great rendition of "We Are the Champions." It was in the San Jose Sharks arena. It was in it was in the locker room, the away locker room after Game Six of the Stanley Cup Finals, and the Penguins were singing it. Ouch! And it was awesome. I was like, "Where's this going?" Oh, yeah. That happened. <laughs> Next one at Brusama. He says, "When CD Carter Thirteen is writing an article, what music plant?" All right, let me read it how he wrote it. Yeah. When CD Carter Thirteen is writing an article, what music plant background? What's his baby making routine from date to bed? Yeah. This is a lot. This is a lot. This is there's a lot to unpack here. I will say I will say this, and I said this on Twitter. He's talking to a guy who's I started dating my wife in in 2000. That is the year 2000. Okay, (laughs) so, uh, you know, there it's not there's 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 that about, you know, being a I think his following tweet was something about me being a player. Uh, I'm a fantasy football player for sure. Um, And uh, the part about what do I listen to? um, Oh, so it depends. I I love this electronic band. I think they're French. It, they're called Air, just A I R. They have super super weird beats and songs and mixes. 
And I love it because I don't have to listen. I don't have to actively listen to it. Although it is worth actively listening to. I, I kind of can passively do that. And, and right. I get messed up when I try to listen to, to lyrics, to lyrics. And, Me and too. I, cause okay. Like six weeks ago, or eight weeks ago, I was obsessed with David Bowie's album, Aladdin Sane. Okay. I was listening mm-hmm. to it all the time, including when I was trying to work and write and edit and everything. And I couldn't, I couldn't focus because I was I was constantly with half my brain lif- listening to the song. And, you know, so in the right in the middle of 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 doing what I was whatever I was doing, I would actually start putting the words that I was hearing. Right. Right. That's why I sit and I have playlist upon playlist of movie scores. That's I know. One. I know every movie score. That's <laughs> that's that's my that's my talent. Hey, Which I was gonna say, the Avatar, the Avatar scores are pretty good. Are they? You should listen to those. Yeah, you should listen to them. Wait, are there two Avatar movies? No, the Avatar score, like just, I mean, like the the multi, the, the soundtrack. Oh, basically. I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, next one at two Metre Johnson. He says, uh, "Do you take players you are lower to avoid owning the same guys in every league? You were lower on, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I differentiate a little bit for sure. A little, to not be all in. A little bit, but I really like if I'm, you know, in August when we're drafting and everything. If I'm looking at a guy and I'm like, I'm taking this guy right here because I just don't have him. I really hesitate on that because that me probably means that I have some well reasoned hesitation in the first place. Yeah. Uh, this next question is at underscore fantasy brain. He said, if JJ had a time machine, would he kill baby Hitler or baby Andrew Luck? Wow. Wow. Guys, you know the answer to that. That's heavy. You know the answer to that. It's Andrew Luck. Oh, God. Ne- next one at Scotch. Uh, or no, sorry. We can't. Or I, I guess we can get to this one. At Scotch Romanian. Do we need to revisit PPR um, basically because of... of the flex and look if you want fantasy to relate to what's going on the field we need to revisit a lot of things mm-hmm. that that's that's the bottom line and i i think ppr is fine you just have to work around it and you have to understand what you're working with yeah uh next one at ppr ranks if breeze makes more than palmer but less than luck and flacco makes more than ryan how much did nick Foles make in week three <laughs> let's see if you do the math it oh, is god. not good i would say very it's less than zero dollars all right last one at fake cousin josh he says if you were if you were stranded on an island and had and had could only take three items with you what are you bringing a, a blu-ray player i'm just kidding i would bring a, Man, I don't know, Denny. This is really difficult. I would, like I would br- any three I, items. Yeah, I would bring the. I would bring some sort of um, um of book of the city of Pittsburgh sports, <laughs> <laughs> and just reminisce because I knew I was going to not survive on this island, and that's all I would need. Right, right. I was. These I, questions I, are always annoying because you could go so far and be like, "Oh, I'll I'll bring nine thousand uh, uh, bottles of water." Yeah. See, that's the thing. I was like, "How could I survive?" 
but you can only bring three things. I mean, would your your hair gel would be one of them. Well, I would say that the I say blow dryer for sure. Uh, yeah, and right. then, uh, oh, you know what? Really, no. Like on a very serious survivalist note. Oh, okay. So we're getting all naked and afraid here. Yeah, right. Which is the <laughs> should be the name which of is the podcast. The, which is the goat show. Yeah. And <laughs> should we should just rename this podcast naked? <laughs> right. And <laughs> that you know why? Because we're telling people to play Geno Smith. So <laughs> right, exactly. It's, it's, we could have like a whole naked and a frig segment of this podcast. That's a good idea. I think we just all right, all right. Okay, from now on, okay. From now on, when we get really, really deep into like when we have our deep plays. There are naked and afraid plays. Those are our naked and afraid plays. Man, we we just hit on something. This, this yeah, is good. this is gonna be great. If you guys hate it, then you can you can let us know. But we're sticking with it. Oh yeah, no, let us know so that we can tell you we don't care. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for your tweet to tell you that we don't care. Right. <laughs> it's like when someone says says enough of your politics. I'm unfollowing. Like, oh, I'm wait. Did you think that I cared that you followed me in the first place? I I don't know why you would think that. Oh, oh god. Oh man, it's like you know, telling someone that you're unfollowing them is like uh, like telling telling someone that you're not going to a party in which you were not invited. Right. right exactly. Exactly. The only followers that matter are the ones that are fun. I, I wish that people would realize that the ones that's like. The, the people who hit you up and they're like, oh, I hated this take. I'm unfollowing. Like, I don't – fine. I have – there's other people that I love to converse with that are following me, and it's fantastic. I don't I don't want your garbage in my mentions. Absolutely. I am not of the mind – well, let's put it this way. When I see someone go to have three tweets about, about, oh, man, this thing I said must have cost me followers because of this and this, that makes me cringe until I black right. out. Yeah, and yeah, and don't be the don't be the guy that's tweeting about that you're about to hit three thousand followers or something. Uh, I know. I mean, look, it's okay to know that. I'm not saying you should sure. not. Sure, that's all part of hashtag branding. Yeah, you should not track it. Obviously, you should track it if if you want to grow your following. That's awesome. I I you know I used to be obsessed with that, uh, uh, and and very careful about it. But you you yeah no when someone says i'm unfollowing they're they're probably not interacting with you anyway right right so. yeah that's what i'm saying the people that matter are the ones that are interacting and wouldn't wouldn't send you a tweet they're they're always the people that like you had no idea were following you in the first place whereas the other people if it's like if it's like someone that you care about that's saying that then sure like you're going to have to like be like what's this all about I, I or you must have said something really stupid. Yeah. But but then there's just like purple egg that hits you up and they're like, hey, I'm unfollowing because you you said something negative about Andrew Luck. Like none of, like yeah like 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 Luck two ty is probably unfollowing me right now. Oh, yeah. Actually, I don't even think he followed me. I think someone just retweeted. And oh, really? Saw it. Yeah, I know. I know. Sometimes I see people in my mentions and I'm like, wait, are they following me? No, they're not. They just sent me eight tweets and they're not following me. Right. Well, they people like to hate. Oof. So what, what were your three oh, things? Your oh, survival oh things. the survivalist, the naked and afraid situation. I would, I would get, I would bring some sort of filter that I could use to filter the rainwater. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and the, uh, yeah. What do you mean? Of course, this is not. I obvious. watch naked and afraid. Look, okay, yeah, you do that, Denny, and then you bring. You could bring a pot. You, you could either bring do that or bring a pot, so you could you could boil it. Right. I mean, and then. Could, and could, then you could bring a you could bring a machete. You could bring a pot. You could bring just pot. It you know 
it's right either one and that's the third one then, then you're good i mean i think yeah. that i think yeah i think look at here's what you bring the filter a pot and pot and then you're good <laughs> that's it that's it that's what this podcast is going to be called now there you go a filter pot and pot <laughs> <laughs> all right denny that's it for the pod uh why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, uh, at CD Carter thirteen on Twitter. That's where you can tell me that you're unfollowing me. Um, and uh, check out DraftDayConsultants.com. We have a lot of requests coming in. So, um, oh, July first is when our rates change. Uh, so get in before that. DraftDayConsultants.com. You can find me on Twitter at LateRoundQB. Everything over at NumberFire.com. Denny, what are you doing for the fourth? Oh, you know, we usually go to the Shenandoah River and have all these great american traditions and fireworks and everything but we have a little tiny baby who can't do that stuff so i will be inside um uh, with my uh hands full of poop pouring pouring heinz ketchup down your throat <laughs> what else how, how, Just, how about you how about you uh have some friends coming into town should be a good good weekend on the lake and enjoying charlotte nice nice it'll be a good time pretty excited for it Sweet, guys. All right. Well, enjoy your 4th of July's. Uh, We will be back next week. Bigger, better than ever. Uh, Take care. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.